Warning. The following contains bright, flashing lights, and slash or imager that may cause discomfort, and slash or seizures for those with photosensitive epilepsy. Viewer discretion is advised. Back here in this weird uh, deprivation uh, chamber. Flashlights going on. Too. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically meant to simulate, you know, a pretty hallucinogenic experience. Is that? That's 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 some of you doing doing oh, that's, your it's thing. It's actually a yeah um, projector. Cool. <laughs> there you go, oh. <laughs> um, Eddie. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us for this conversation. I know. Uh, I know you're home, basically. This is Mexico is home for you right yeah. now, and uh, and I think it's going to be home for you for a while. Your kid was born here in Mexico, mm -hmm. so Mexican he's paisano, son. you know, and, uh, and he's one of us. One of us. One of us. Cool. Um, you have basically been been living a sort of pilgrimage throughout your life, where you have uh, taken it upon yourself as a goal to kind of get better and learn some of these. Uh, these Thai combative arts, uh, but you didn't start off with direction like most of us that come into this world trying to figure things out for themselves. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about like where you were, where you were born and where you started? Um, I was born in Australia. I'm Australian. I was born in Brisbane. Brisbane. And, yeah, and then I moved up to the Gold Coast, which is only like an hour and a half away on the on the coastline. Can you describe the Gold Coast for people that, you know, for me, there's everybody has like these mental images of Australia, probably from media and stuff like that. Can you describe the Gold Coast? Is the Gold Coast like well known to outside of Australia? Or? Yeah, I mean, people, I mean, you usually see like yeah. documentaries of some of the areas and stuff like that. And, you know, the, people have an image of what it's like, yeah. but not what it's like actually living there. So the Gold Coast is like Miami, I guess, of um, America. Like it's. It's a city, but it's like built along the coastline, so it's not like a circle city. So it goes along the coastline, very flash, and like the girls all are pretty much the same. All, all blonde hair, or look like Kim Kardashian. The guys are all like jacked up. Is it, is it like a party type, type town? Is that is that is that what it's like? Yeah, it's a party town, but it's also like um, I don't know. It's, you could say it's like a health and fitness, but it's a little bit super superficial like that, you know. Yeah, like me, it's a, it's a, it's a it's Australia Miami basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was from there, but um, I, I travelled around Australia also. Yeah, uh, where did you do most of your growing up basically? Um, well, I grew up until I was like fourteen, fifteen, and I changed schools to um, to the Gold Coast. But I travelled around like my mum made me travel around Australia when I was young, all through like primary school, like every couple of months I was traveling around Australia. Why, why was she moving you around that much? Um, like, I thought about it when I was older, but yeah, she, she t mum told me that she was like a traveling nurse. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I was just traveling a lot and it was hard, like, making making new friends all is the that, time. Does that kind of isolate you in a way, mentally, internally? Like, not being able to, like, make contact with people for long periods? At the time, you just, uh, you know, you just, just a kid and you just do it, you know. Yeah. And then I was like, Mom, I don't like this place. Can we move? No, we're staying here for a bit. And then we move. Or I like this place and then we move. Or, But at the time, you don't think about it. You just do it. Yeah. You, uh, that's, that's, uh, until you're 14, you said. I did that from, like, I guess, grade four, which is, like, I don't know, 10 
till, yeah, I kept doing it till I was like in the start of high school. So I was never like, never grew up somewhere for years. Yeah. And then high school, <laughs> I stayed there for, for like a year and I started getting some, a clique of friends and then I moved again to the Gold Coast and then I fucking just stopped going to school. <laughs> <laughs> what made you stop going to school? Just the... Uh... I, I actually went to year, in year 10, like lived back with my dad then and then I went to like a sports school as like a, a goalkeeper for soccer. And then like before the school even started, I was skateboarding as well. And I went down like the slippery dip and I still remember it. Like everyone was around me going, oh, watch this kid go down like the slide. And I'm like, oh, whatever. And I went down the slide and I landed on my arm and had a tree break. Ooh. And uh, there wasn't a tree, it was my arm. It snapped. And it was just snapped. And skateboarding. Yeah, so that fucked up my arm, um, <laughs> my, my sports at that school. So yeah. So you had to drop out? Yeah, oh, yeah, I took time off because the arm was broken. You took tr- time off that turned into... Time off. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, so, you know, broken arm skateboarding, that, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's been, uh, like, a common denominator of most of the people that have had, had on as far as, like, Sk- something in their background. Skateboarding, man. Like, that's I started right. skateboarding again, like, in the pandemic. Yeah. And I forgot how hard the ground is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not kind. Yeah. The most... Uh, the most uh, effective impact weapon on the planet is the, it's the, it's the planet itself. Uh, it it's expensive, and I I started off my youth uh, skateboarding. You know, the first breakings I had were breaking into houses to skate in them. You know, <laughs> um, so you uh, decided not to school wasn't for you. Uh, what was for you then? Like, what were you doing? So I I was staying with my dad, and I stopped going to school with my arm initially, and then my dad moved away. And then I got asked to move again. I was like, fuck this. I'm not old enough now. I was 15. And I was like, I'm just going to stay. Yeah, I started living with my friend. And I started surfing a lot. Surfing? Yeah. Was that, how was that for you? Like, well, uh, it was sick, man. Like, I was staying at my friend's house. And he lived in Snapper Rocks. So it's like on the border of Queensland and New South Wales. Like, they have all the Quicksilver Pro, the surfing competitions there. It's like a, it's like a haven for that there. It's, yeah, it was the best. So I was like right on the beach with my friend's house, like in this little... Um, unit and there's all these other old like washed up surfers lived in there too and they were just giving us tips and i was just surfing every day and that was cool how the hell did you support yourself just surfing every day well like what what were you doing for work oh i I got my first job at like a mcdonald's around the corner and And that was that was all you needed maccas yeah and i was like people that i was living with were helping me stay there and stuff so i was working at maccas and just surfing and that was (laughs) way better than school maccas we call that maccas in australia McDonald's. <laughs> what's, uh, the, what's the slang for Macca's McDonald's in Mexico? McDonald's or Ratonald's, we call it also, you know, Rat or Macronias. Really? Yeah. It's a Macronas. Macronas. Because, uh, you know, Mac Mange, basically. It's a slang for Mange. Mange. <laughs> um, it has a pretty shitty reputation across the globe, probably. Mm. Uh, you are, So you're surfing. You're trying to figure shit out for yourself there. Uh, when, when when does fighting uh, come into it? Like, I mean, surfing is a pretty chill, peaceful thing. I know there's some fights out there for territory and shit like that. I watch Point Break, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, we we were, we were pretty territorial here when it comes to boogie boarding and, and, and surfing here in Baja as well. It's good that, here, eh? but it's, it's cold. The water's cold. The water's cold. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, there's some pretty good spots here, and uh, it has a history, but it's cold, you mm. know. I want to try to go today sometime. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, and, and there's some pretty good spots over in, in Rosarito, specifically. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a, some pretty good spots. Uh, you, 
so you're surfing, you're trying to figure things out. Where, where does fighting start uh, originating in you? Like, where does that come from? Um, yeah, so I was surfing and like, <coughs> just started like living by myself and it was fun and grew up in the street. Like, I don't know, we're just used to always getting little fights in the street and stuff, so like kids do. Yeah, social, social <coughs> violence, you know, yeah, people so pushing, chubbing. I just doing that, yeah, but that, that wasn't where it came. Where it came from originally was like I was travelling with my, my girlfriend at the time. So we travelled Australia when I was a little bit older. And I was working security. I ended up working, started doing security in the nightclubs and stuff. Why security? Is it your, your big, big tall? Is no, that is see, that it? I don't know. I think, um, like we, my 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 wife, my girlfriend at the time, she applied for a bar, a, a job at a strip club, and um, yeah, like she didn't get the job, or or maybe I was applying for a job. But anyway, I got a job at the strip club doing security there, okay. and she ended up working there too. And like I was getting it, paid, it, it, I was getting just, paid way more. It and just I was made just sense. Doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the the boss of this security company, he cracked the shits one day saying, "You're all useless. You have to come." He was a Australian kickboxing heavyweight champion, and he's okay. like, all, "Everyone, if you want to keep your job, you have to train." He wanted everyone to be able to look after themselves and just like have be know. capable. Yeah. So that's that's where how I started, like probably. Yeah. It, it was this. Uh, was this a kickboxing gym? Was yeah. it a Thai gym? It was so, so it, to the people that know know that might not know what's the difference between kickboxing and Thai boxing. Kickboxing, Thai boxing, like Thai boxing is the elbows, clinching, it's sweeping, sweeping. It's like all weapons. So like what people don't actually know, like Muay Thai is a freestyle martial art, except for there's some fouls that you can't do in other sports. But it's like you can be a Taekwondo, Taekwondo, karate guy, whatever you want to do, and you can fight Muay Thai. Yeah. What and about kickboxing? What, you can what go, makes it different? Than, than, than it's just no like rule set. So kickboxing is limited. You can't elbow, you can't hold, you can't clinch. But it's Basically, it's keeping people at a distance with your legs and feet. Yeah, yeah. That's but there's cool. heaps of fouls you get pulled up in. But Muay Thai, like, you can... Yeah, it's freestyle, so you can it's whatever whatever art you choose. It's like, but Muay Thai wins. So what is where does Muay Thai kind of slip slip into in, into that when you're going into this uh, kickboxing uh, gym? Um, so yeah, I was training kickboxing, but there were Muay Thai fighters there as well. But the boss was just like he was a kickboxer, so he just taught you how to like punch hard and kick. Yeah, but he still put guys into Thai fights. But um, so that's where I loved it and learned it, and then I kept traveling more with my wife, and then we. Ended up opening up a small uh, personal training training studio, a little gym, and uh, yeah, I had uh, was, a couple of Muay Thai fights there. Was it? Was it? Your wife was she into fighting as well? Not then. She Not had then. like yeah. She I tried um, to get her into it a few times in Australian gyms, and she just didn't like it. Yeah. But when we went to Thailand, that when the ties were just like softer, playing with playing more and it's more of an art and dance, that's when she picked it up and she excelled fast. So you've been you've been through some shit with your with your girlfriend she's then why she's been with you the on whole, this the other whole journey. Time, yeah. So you started off this small you started your own little small gym kind of based off your love of the fighting arts basically. Yeah. Uh you take a trip to Thailand mm -hmm. with her. Was this a holiday trip? Was this like I'm gonna stay like I'm gonna I'm gonna go on this fight quest journey what was this trip about it was actually a gym trip so we had gym members and stuff and we we're like let's do a, a, a let's, let's go to thailand yeah and like, we brought, what, what was your you know your perception of thailand before you went like what was your uh did you watch did you watch uh you know blood sport a few times or what yeah was like 
I don't, yeah. <laughs> so or, like uh, kick, the kickboxer movies. Or before what? you were like well-traveled, before you travel around the world, that's why I think traveling is good for people. Before you travel, like you just have perceptions of places. Yeah. And that's where, yeah, like Mexico, people have perceptions of Mexico until you come here and you discover how fucking good it is. But before I was like well-traveled, yeah, I was thinking about Thailand. I knew it was the home of martial arts and I wanted to go there, but no idea really. But I went there and I loved it. Like yeah. it's a bit the it, lost or holiday how, how long how long how long was this holiday out there in thailand that made you it was only like consent? a week or two and we went with like 10 gym members and we did stuff together and just trained every day where, where, where specifically in thailand did you go coast samui so it's a little island okay off thailand. it's like a it's like a it's mystical place isn't it like yeah beautiful Kosum, it's beautiful it's like the the oceans are yeah blue like sort of like the caribbean the oceans are really blue here yeah but it's just yeah, really, really nice island and like a lot, a lot of Muay Thai hot. Yeah. What uh, having coming coming from a gym in Australia, where you know you had some Thai fighters, kickboxers, and everybody had a hodgepodge or of, of of like influences. What was it like uh, showing up to a actual Thai gym? Like, what's what was the difference immediately for you? The difference is like you have. Yeah, just watching the like the tires kick pads and like their technique is just beautiful. Like a lot of people watch the fights and they think it's like fake because just they kick more and they, it's just their footwork's perfect. Like you watch fight Western fights and it's scrappy and like that's what we know is fighting. But watching them fight, it's like they're cats. You throw them and they'll land on their feet perfectly. Like and it just looks so nice and the, and they play it with like the tight you fight with the music and it's just it's beautiful where, where does that come from does it come from there the fact that i mean some of these people are dropped off at gyms when they're kids right oh there's mad stories about it all yeah <laughs> but they start so young so they obviously replicate what they see earlier so that's what like sort of like, like england's good at football they start earlier and they have like better people to look up to straight away yeah but the same with the ties they have like the best to look at and like they pick up the technique early yeah so you, you would go there uh thinking you know what this is and you you're like holy shit this this rabbit hole is a bit deeper yeah like everyone goes there like already fighting in their country and then come over like yeah like i'm a fighter but then you realize like there's levels to it and it humbles you too. It's like, especially is, is it the intensity or the what? 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 What specifically makes you like reconsider your existence while you're at a gym like that? The intensity also, like, because they train for two hours twice a day, and nowhere in Western countries train for. That's insane. That's, they a, train, that's yeah, insane. Most countries train in the afternoon once a day for one hour. Yeah. So like the training for that long humbles you. You get tired. Like you see foreigners come in and like shadow box real hard, hit the bag real hard. I'm like, bro, you got like four pace more hours of this. Pace yourself. So yeah. Pace yourself. Uh, you're you're there. You're there with your girl. Like, uh, is there a conversation while you're kind of trying to leave that place about coming back? About coming back to Thailand. Yeah. We both loved it, and then when we came back, we were like, oh, we, I remember writing down on a piece of paper like the pros and cons of staying and leaving. Both of you. Yeah. She, yeah, she, she wanted to support me and she, she hadn't fought yet. She was training. She yeah. hadn't fought yet. I was like, because she didn't like martial arts in Australia at other gyms. So I started like just holding pads for her in the garage and like, and she picked it up so fast. But she did gymnastics and just, yeah, she felt, felt how like, how it feels to train. So she got hooked on like the feeling and stuff. What's that pros and cons list like? It was like, <laughs> stay, go. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the pros and the cons. So like, go was weighing up 
pretty fast, but we just had to get rid of like the things that we had tight that were tying us down. So we ended up having a guy walk into our gym that we had on the Gold Coast and he wanted to buy the business, my car, the phone plan. He fucking took everything up to me. <laughs> yeah. So we had like nothing tied to us anymore. So we just... How long was it between you coming back, writing that list and you no, having everything gone? We wrote that list pretty quickly. <laughs> so but, a few weeks? Um, I month? think it a couple of months. Wow. Uh, now you're basically selling everything off. You have this, she sounds like an amazing life partner uh, with you, so you're not alone for it. But what are your intentions just to become a professional TIE fighter? Is that is that yeah. your intention? Yeah, like we, we were excited and we didn't think about... The future. We had two dogs too. Okay. So Where, uh, you, Please tell me you took dog, the dog. You took dog with you. Yeah, my... my <laughs> My dog, he's like my man. He's yeah. like, I do everything for him. And I, yeah. I have such strong beliefs about keeping a dog now since I've based my life around. Yeah. I've based my life around staying with your dog. Yeah. And like, if you adopt a dog, fucking don't ditch it. And like, so, I'm really strong against people that fucking leave their dogs and stuff. So you're, 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 you and your girl toss everything, sell everything. Yeah. And we and took both of our dogs <laughs> over. <laughs> to but your dogs. Australia is a country that, is fucking really hard to get back into with animals, export, wildlife, anything. You yeah. Know what I mean, but we asked the vet like to get out of Thailand, take our dogs out. We're like, what about coming back? They're like, yeah, come to that bridge, cross that bridge when you when you're ready to come back. A shit show. But when yeah. when we wanted to come back, you can't bring dogs back. Yeah. Even if they're Australian, it's yeah. just impossible. Wow. So you uh, you take your you take your kids with you basically your your dogs, yeah. and um, you're. Did you have a like a time frame? Anything? You're just gonna go out there? Did you, did you have a specific gym in mind that you were gonna go and join? Um, we had a gym we first went to. Like one of our students trained at a place, and he told us about a place called Pi, Northern Chiang Mai. It's up. It's actually. He heard the Golden Triangle. Yeah, yeah. It's about like the history of that. Is like they used to like smuggle drugs from Myanmar, China, and like I don't know what. Why was it called the Golden Triangle? It must have all come from there and they yeah. exported. And stuff. Yeah, heroin. But heroin. The yeah. best the best in the world, yeah. apparently. That, that's where it was, the Golden Triangle. And they still have huts now to these days out there, like just heroin huts. So you walk in, you don't come out. <laughs> but they still have them everywhere. So Yeah. So that's where you, this is where we're going to yeah, go? Yeah, it was a place in that area, a beautiful up in the mountains, yeah. Northern Thailand. It, it, um, people that don't know, there's styles of, of Thai. Like it's not just uh, a speci- Thai boxing isn't just a, s- a specific unique style. There's different uh, there's different uh, styles of, of fighters that, yeah, that, that certain gyms produce. Yeah, yeah. You know, in close in, in clinch fighters, yep. technical ones, mm-hmm. brawlers. Yeah. You know? uh, what what what, uh, what what did you gravitate towards when you when you got there as far as uh, your your own style? Well, I had my own style, and then yeah, you're right. You go to different gyms that um, train the style that they like or that, that they produce fighters that do well in. But my style was like a Ford, Ford brawling style. But when you go to Thailand, you need to let go of like what you know and just learn. Okay, so how, how did you start? I mean, this is basically like a map for people that are, like I know there's a lot of people out there listening to this that are like, mm, I want to go. Uh, like for you, you start off, uh, what, uh, what was the experience starting off at a gym now with the clear intention to become a professional? Um. Yeah, so we went went to 
went to Thailand and like we went to a place called Pai and I messaged the guy, um, the owner B. It was called Chan Chai Muay Thai, a really nice. Yeah, how can I relate that town? It's sort of like, sort of like Tul- the old Tulum, like a hippie sort of style town, yeah. smaller. And we ended up. I talked to him and we worked a deal out to get free training there, and because we couldn't afford like the trailing training because we knew that there was a thing called sponsored fighters. So you you fight. You train for free, but you give a percentage of your purse to the gym and you help the gym with like mopping the floor and doing stuff. And so you're like a resident fighter. It's a living it's a living gym, basically. Yeah. Uh, and when you say you have to give a percentage of your fights, they own you. Is that is that what we're we're talking about? They literally own fighters. Like as a foreigner, there's some foreigners they like pretty much own too. I've heard of them like a girl that was gonna still come out to us now, but they take your passport. Like this this is uncommon with foreigners but it still happens yeah. so they took her passport and she overstayed in thailand and like just made a fight 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 but so what they do with the, the thai boys is like the parents pretty much like sign a contract saying they're giving permission to give their son away and then they're contracted and then these contracts can get transferred between gyms like they build a fighter up they build the boy up so he's good and then they sell him to another gym and then they buy off for a higher price but and as a foreigner, you go there, how how do you get into a contract like that? You basically have to prove yourself, I guess. Yeah, so, like, it's more common. It's very common now. It's called sponsored fighters in Thailand. But, like, 10 years ago, 5, 10, 20 years ago, like, there's only a very few people doing that. And, like, the foreigners, like, the Thais didn't really want to integrate with these foreigners. But some pro- foreigners proved themselves and, like, slept on the mats and, like... Is that, try- is that, is that kind of how they accepted you? Like yeah. if you basically if you had to, yeah. So like there were like I came at the time where it was like happening a little bit, but still like people weren't doing as much. Now people are doing it all the time. But how were you treated though by the locals? Yeah, the, was it like there's a there, was there a cold silence as far as receiving you there? They def, you definitely have to prove yourself and like yeah be humble and like just listen and just try and learn. And sometimes they just don't teach you, and you have to just show up, show up, show up, and then they'll start slowly teaching you and. It's more after the first fight. So what are the chores like there? We were just mopping the floors and I was helping out with like um, like doing fitness for the foreigners at the end because they didn't know like much fitness exercise. They know Muay Thai. And then I was doing like fitness exercise for the class after it and I was like everyone was loving the fitness stuff. They're like, oh. And then the boss started liking me more. He's like, thank you. Like, they, like whatever this fitness thing is, people really like it at the end of the class. <laughs> what about the food? The Thai food was <laughs> sick. Yeah, like so... Like is it is it uh, you know you're you're a fighter living in a gym and I I've known a few people that have gone out there kind of went through that process like I ask about it uh, you you guys have to like basically do your own food prep there and and like eat locally basically you know, there's no the there's gym that I was at um, so at the end of class there was like one of the, the trainers would stop halfway through the class and prepare food and then he'd bring out two or three big trays and then everyone finishes the class and they all eat together. So there was food available twice a day. Yeah, what's the food like? What is it? Like what, what it are you good. eating out there? Again, you have like um, northern Thailand, there's different food. So it's like there's a lot of like raw, raw beef just marinated in like citrus and shit like that. You get sick of that. Yeah. And then it's like somtam, it's like papaya salad, very spicy with chilies. Um, yeah, a lot of like Thai, a lot of rice, of what's, fucking what's, lots of rice, bro. What's the learning curve as far as your stomach while you're going through all this? You can't, you can't beat it. Eh? You have to get like you have th- to Thai just, belly for like, you have to get sick for like three times. 
And then you get a strong stomach. Yeah, yeah. It's a, basically your body adapts, you know, or mm. overcomes. Same as Mexican food, though. People get sick here. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, come on. Yeah. That's why. I'm, I, I, like, I was pretty good. I never really got sick much, but I had a strong stomach. But yeah. the foreigners that come train with us, some of them, like, can't handle it, eh? Yeah, it's, like, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an exotic flora. And mm. if people don't have good gut, gut health, you know? Yeah. And I think it's a good thing to have, like, to have a stronger stomach and be able to eat, like, I don't know. Like yeah. a bit of bad chicken, a bit of bad that. But people in foreign countries freak out if the fridge is open for less than three three seconds. Throw the fridge out. It's been beeping. But yeah. I think it's good to have a strong stomach and be able to eat stuff like that. So you're in this gym proving yourself, wiping mats, eating, figuring things out. Yeah. Uh, what's your – I mean, they you, you become a sponsored fighter. Yeah. And basically now you are it's, – it's weird to say it, but you're owned. In a way, yeah. Uh, what are they expecting of you as a fighter? Um, that gym was good. He like he wasn't pushing too much to what they generally want. If you, like you're still a dollar sign, even if you're a sponsored fighter and cleaning the mats, you still they still want money out of you. You're not there just for like yeah, you're not there just to like a, go, go through nah, your warrior's journey nah, and shit nah. like that. Fuck that. You're, you're, you're there for a reason. You're, so you're, you need to you need to fight. Yeah, if you fight, they get thirty percent minimum to fifty percent. Uh, of of what what's of what's, what's 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 like a purse like that like for an amateur fight that you like your first fight what was your what was your take home? Um, there's no amateur in Thailand. It's okay, all, so it's all, it's all of it is okay. So like you have like the the local stadiums like outside of Bangkok and Bangkok is like where the big fights are the big the big money is and that's where everyone tries to end their career or like get to. Okay, Bangkok stadiums is more money, but you still get paid everywhere. So what's a what's a what's the 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 decision as far as like you're ready like what are they looking at with you are they sizing you up are they see are they asking the uh, people training you like is this guy ready yeah so for like the, the sad thing is now is like there's no if you're ready they just chuck you just in chuck you because in it's money yeah they, whether you're ready or not how long between you arriving in a gym and your first fight like it can be like two days bro <laughs> if they can get your fight they'll get your fight and they make some money off you too but if you're at a good gym, they'll train you until you are ready. <laughs> and then that's usually, yeah. But they're always pushing. You, you want fight? You want fight? You want fight? Yeah, yeah. Because, they, but yeah, you're a moneymaker. Yeah. Uh, so what's, what's the, uh, I mean, the conditions? I mean, you, you've never fought in Thailand before. This, this, this event, this moment where you're basically now sponsored. Like, what's that, what's that feeling like? You know, this, the, I imagine it's a foreign if, environment. Everybody's speaking a different language. Yeah. There's weird music playing around. Like, what's that feeling that's right inside you? I love, like, integrating into their culture and being part of, like, the Thai gyms and the trainers were, like, they were, they were fucking cool and funny and, like, I, I got along well with that first gym in Thailand. And, um, yeah, so, and then, yeah, you start fighting and then you develop relationships with your fighter with your with your gym and stuff what does it feel like your first fight can you describe that first fight the first the first one you got like, it's like you, you smell the tie oil you get rubbed down with like uh, vaseline and then like a, a, the, the tie oil it's a uh, it's a mixture of what, what it's like, called numb and moist it's like a, a liniment it heats your skin up yeah I, I got i got like two, four bottles of that shit oh really and, yeah and i that's that's my go-to when yeah I, just rub down. I smell that shit now, and I'm just like, fucking, I'm in a stadium, I'm about to fight. Like, it just brings back memories. What's the energy in the crowd like when it's, you're walking it's unreal. in there? Like, you're getting rubbed down, you're smelling it, like, and then you're out the back, and you just hear, oh, hey, oh, hey, bomb, bomb. Like, like and the sentiment is like, did you fight a local? Was yeah, that you, fight, you fight just you're, yeah. So you're there, you're the foreigner, obviously, is yeah. exotic. 
avatar looking motherfucker basically showing up to them, right? This guy. Is there, did you sense any hostility or negativity as far as you being a foreigner there, as far as walking up there that you can pick up, or is it just no, like no, that? That's what's good about it there. There's no, like, they appreciate you fighting and getting in there. They yeah. like it. You're like a spectacle. Yeah. So, yeah, just getting just. It's, it's, so you walk in there, you uh, oiled up, yeah. energy of the crowd. You're out the back, so like the crowd and the show is like separate, and you're out the back, you just hear it all, and you're out there with your trainers, you're smelling, you're getting like a. A, a massage to warm up. You have like a shirt over your over your eyes, and you're just breathing. Like the nerves are getting. You're trying to stay cool. You just shadow box. Like in Thailand, you don't warm up. Like in foreign countries, they take care of you. Hit pads. Like they look after you. But they just do that massage, and then you shadow box and you fight. So you're ready. You're so when ready. you after doing that, and you go to a foreign country to fight, everyone else is like having a full on preparation <laughs> to be ready. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I just walk out and fight. But. You uh, you step into that ring. Uh, what's uh, what's the immediately? What's the what's what's a, what's a surprise in that experience for you? Like what is what we're not expecting? Their IQ, their how good they are, their, their timing, their timing, and they kick. Like yeah, like foreigners just like it's like a punch fight and a bit of kicking, but the ties don't want to get hit and they kick you fucking hard. And they don't do as much, but when they do it, it's when, a smart, you, calculated shot, and, when and it's you, hard. When you say they kick you hard, I mean, can you describe the feeling of a like a, tie, a local tie kick just snapping into your leg, well, like, like a for, piece of wood? For, yeah, for me, um, I never felt anything in, in the fights. Like, like until you fight, like people can, like especially blocking, like, like oh shin on shin, I don't want to feel that. Because like, I tap my shins now with something, and I'm like, I want to spew. I hate shin on shin stuff. Yeah. Like, in the fight, it just feels like rubber, like just rubber, nothing. Nothing. So, yeah, I don't know. People say that they definitely. I don't feel too much stuff. I just know, fuck, I can't take too many more of them, so I won't. I won't be able to walk. Yeah. Like it doesn't hurt, but I just can't walk, and then you can't do it. So, so you 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 step in there, and these guys are analytical, technical. Yeah, and it's fast. more the the sound. Like you feel like the weight of the strike on you, and you know, that has to hurt me. Like I can't do too many more of them, but it's the sound the with the oil and stuff. It's just the biggest slap, but the biggest, the biggest. What, what are people? What, what are people screaming? What are they screaming? They, they ah. yell out "ooies." So like that's where it all comes from. Like yeah. a good shot is like "ooies," and you just hear a lot of them when you are not. And then I land a couple. You don't hear too many "ooies." Depends where you're at, and then they hit you. "Ooies." So usually there's that, a lot that, of energy. Is like, that is that what you're looking for while you're fighting a "ooie" on your end? Yeah, my my coaches were good and people supporting me, so you'd get it back. But a lot of the times you're fighting away, and then you hear their "ooies" and not your bloody your what you learned yeah. so much. Well, like, what was a scary moment for you? Like, I know I know people talk about not being fearless and. And all these things, but like a all scary moment, shit, yeah. a scary moment in a fight for you. I mean, especially specifically out there. Like, what was a scary moment like for you? Like, a like I think the scary moments are before you fight. Like in the, on fight day, you got nothing to do in a hotel room. You're thinking and you're building all these like scenarios up in your head and stuff like that. Yeah, but self doubt, self doubt, and the imposter syndrome. Yeah, weird shit. When people that say that and get scared. That's just like they're projecting like. That's being scared there by saying you're not scared. Yeah. Like if you're not, it, yeah. The best thing is to say, yeah, I, I have nerves and I, I deal with it, but I use that as adrenaline, power, speed. Like it's good. It's good to have that. You're, uh, so you 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 become a sponsored fighter and you start working your way, up through the the, the fighting uh, fighting uh, circles out there. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you're a brawler. You're just aggressive, straight in, let's figure it out. And uh, people that organize fights out there, like uh, I've heard, uh, they tend to organize fights sometimes putting two different styles against each other, you know? Yeah. Is, is that true? Yeah, so like styles make fights, so you can have like two very, very technical fighters and then it's a boring fight because it's like... Yeah, they're just no, back and just forth. Back and forth or whatever. But so they, make, they do styles, makes fights an aggressive puncher versus another aggressive puncher or a low kicker or something. But, um, yeah. Like for you, like what was, it, what, what was the most challenging style to face? As a, technical. A technical. Yeah. A technical sure. a striker. Yeah, because if someone comes to fight... Even like the best guys, I fought the best guys in the world and I know they're good but they're coming to punch your head off and I can punch your head off too. But when you're fighting someone that doesn't let you punch their head off and they make you look silly and they just don't want to fight you but they just want to like win on points and make you look silly, that's a hard fight. Yeah, that's a hard yeah. fight. It's like fighting like Mayweather. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, somebody you can't touch, yeah. you know, and they can touch you. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, money. Like people, what is the money like? It's is it it's is it just money to sustain yourself yeah. basically so, to kind of skim through life. Basically. So when you start, like the north of Thailand where we started was the worst because it's like the you get paid the late the least, but the every, cost of living is the cheapest up there in yeah. Thailand. So like oh, we were renting, we were renting a, a house for three thousand baht, which is one hundred twenty Australian, which is like eighty US, eighty dollars, eighty a month. A this month. Is a month. A month. And this is a house. Can you describe that house? It was a fucking beautiful house. Yeah. Like to me. Yeah. It was like a little, like a plapper style house. Okay. Well, people don't know what plapper is. Really, yeah. But it's like a, a mesh. Well, what is it? Yeah. A plapper is like a straw roof hut. Yeah. It's, it's basically, yeah, it's a very rustic. Yeah. A rustic uh, house made out of uh, basically plant matter. It's yeah. what the plapper is. Yeah. yeah. So we had that and we loved it. It was like. Electricity? Um. Yeah, electricity was on and off. Water. But we had no, we had a bucket to to oh, shower. Oh yeah, bucket showers. Bucket showers. Bucket so that showers. Was good. Fine. There was big fucking spiders in the roof everywhere. Spiders. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were big ones, but not as bad as Australia. Yeah. So it's okay. Oh yeah. But and then you sometimes you'd be sleeping in bed and there'd be something would shake the roof and then a whole heap of like dust and shit would just go on our face. Because the, if the plap or the roof shakes, like the shit just fell down in the middle of the night. My wife didn't like it more than me. Okay. <laughs> No warm water, I imagine. Nah, but it's not. It's not ever you, 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 cold. You, you, so you don't need it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I can't even imagine Wi-Fi was a thing as well. So you were just basically out there, disconnected mm. from everything, kind yeah. of focusing on your fighting. We moved from that house, so we started in northern Thailand, and we stayed at that first gym, which was great. And um, we moved from that house, so I brought over my two dogs, and I went to training one day, and I came back, and one of the dogs was just dead. Poppy, that was the girl. So. I still don't know what happened. Like, like she was just dead, and I had my other dog Sage. He was the only one that knows what happened. But I think it was a snake, or she like she was on a chain, or she just like somehow suffocated herself. She was a bit crazy. Yeah. But she was dead, and like I fucking care for my dogs a lot, so it like rocked us a little bit. So then we just we travelled and we left that gym, and then that's when we went to Koh Samui, and then I had, and then um we're training there, and that's where I had like 17, 20 fights there, and then. And, um, and and when you say seventeen twenty fights, how in what time period is this? Is this that like was a, like maybe within a year and a half? Shit. Something. Yeah. That's a lot. Of, that's uh, 
That is a lot of fights. Yeah, that's fighting like twice a month a lot, sometimes three times, sometimes having a break for a month. But, but the, I mean, for people that want to see some of this, you can go online and see some of those yeah. fights online. That's a lot people of People have like that's a two lot or three a year because of the damage in Muay Thai. That, that, that is a lot of damage to your body. If it was boxing, I feel like you could definitely get rack up your boxing fights fast because it's just punching to the head and stuff. But, but this, is, this, is, this is somebody hitting you with a stick on the, on the legs oh. and on the body and the sides of your arms yeah. and clinching and the shit that it does to your spine. Neck. Your shins mainly. I, I think for me, I struggled with my shins a lot. Yeah. Like the, the lumps on your shins and like the shin on shin. Yeah. What was your, like when you say recovery... What was the care for fighters after a fight like that? You have to like look after yourself, and there's all these just like hearsay myths what make things better. And there was no, there's no, there's no, like, there's no going to the hospital. There's no, 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 no. There's no, there's no, there's the, no medical. The hospital med, Muay Thai is not covered. So you, <laughs> I went in once like covered in Thai oil in my pants, and then they go Muay Thai, and they turn me away. I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to do that again. Next time I had to go to the hospital, I like changed my clothes and I said I fell off my motorbike and then take a covered. shower. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. So. For people, that, for people that don't know, like uh, Thailand is a is a, is a kingdom, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty well run kingdom, and they do take care of their people. Like so, hospitals are pretty cool with uh, receiving people that are injured and figuring things out as far as uh, give, giving aid and stuff like that. Is yeah. that? Yeah, but it's like America, like you have in Mexico, you have to have insurance. Yeah, it's not free. Yeah, but it's, hospitals are expensive, man. And also the citizenship out there is very. It's like it's a good thing. If you're Thai, you're Thai. If you're not Thai, yeah. you're, you're even if you get your citizenship, it's very hard to integrate with the community there. I yeah. love Thailand, but um, compared to Mexico, like you, the integration with the people here is like tenfold. They're they're pretty they're pretty uh, segregated, or there's mm-hmm. a there's a cultural segregation. Mm-hmm. If you're Thai, you're Thai. If you're not, yeah. you're, you're not from here. Yeah. There's there's some of that. Yeah. <laughs> even if you have like I've got friends that have Thai, thai wives, and they could try to. Go to like family dinners and stuff. It's just very hard for there's, them. There's a word for them, right? Like when you're falang. <laughs> is, is that that's the, the word? It's like gringo for Americans. Okay, but falang is like tourist. <laughs> is that yeah. okay? Yeah. So, so basically, you have to kind of patch yourself up in a lot of ways. Yeah, you have to be like have tough skin and like not expect. Just, just do your thing. Is that what most uh, foreigners? That's that's most foreigners stop themselves. I imagine. And uh, did you encounter a lot of people going out there with dreams about making it and kind of like getting a severe injury at some point oh, and just stopping? Yeah, like it, on paper before people leave, everybody wants to do it. Yeah. But as soon like, and people come to do it. But the roller coaster of the ups and downs is what you don't see of like feeling lonely or lost or having a fight and just going to the gym training and then you think it's like paradise and then you go home and rest you don't even see the beach like in and then a lot of the gyms you don't have a community of people to go and have lunch with so it gets old like within two weeks if if you were out there alone without your girl would that and your dogs oh for sure would not come home 100 percent. yeah like like i only did i did like six and a half years in thailand and i only did that amount of time because um i couldn't get my dog back oh but if you, you, so, that's so the only reason I stayed out there. I loved it and I loved the experience. Insane. That's insane. So you're, you're, the, the fact that you couldn't take your dog back to Australia mm-hmm. is what basically anchored you into this 100%. Like, fucking fighting lifestyle. That 100%. is insane. Yeah. That is a, that's a powerful dog. I'd love to say that um, <laughs> I did it all for like the inspiration to be a world champion, <sighs> but the lows, you definitely want to run away and go home. Yeah. Or like, just like anything, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a that's a that's a familiar if you if you want to call it anything that dog, 
So he like pushed me to like achieve more with like <laughs> fighting and like sticking it out and keep going. That's that's insane. No, I mean, did you did your uh, did your girl fight as well? I yeah. Mean. So she came to support me, and she just wanted to have her first fight, fully experienced, just to see how it felt. And then she said she didn't stop after if she didn't like it. Yeah. And she had her first fight, and I remember like I was ner- I was always nervous for my fights, and she was just happy like smiling and like booking about a fight, you know, and she was just. She's like, yeah, what? And then she got in there and, yeah, she fucking did well. She won her first fight and she loved it. She fucking, yeah. she was cool. And, 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 like, for, for females fighting out there, like, I know somebody that went out there, fought professionally. Uh, it's not easy, obviously. There's a, there's a whole, there's a whole, I mean, for a foreigner and also the fact that she's a female, there's a mm-hmm. whole, a series of uh, obstacles for them to fight, right? Definitely. Like, I, I, like, Brooke's huge on, like, how it is to fight as a female in Thailand and all the things for and against them. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, like training partners, like they, they, they don't really want to like train with you because you're like a bit of a – it's like until years ago it was a bit of a joke for like women to fight, like even to get pads. That For guys you have big pads and a belly pad and like train properly. But as soon as you're a girl, it doesn't matter how good you are, they just put on little focus mitts and play, play with you. Like they just play and make jo- – make jokes like hey i'm a fucking athlete too like i've got this big fight and it's just not as serious because it's like has it it changed it's it's getting better it's getting but it still it still has that stigma in some gyms like you're not as serious but it's definitely changed like my wife was the first woman to fight on main as a main event in mma gloves or or something like that she was the first um female to be like a main event in thailand on tv it was like a big obstacle and she fought the best in the world best high in the world so it's it's growing and like females are getting more exposure and they're allowed into other stadiums but they like females aren't allowed to go over the ropes when males have to go over the ropes females have to go under the ropes why is that just like it's like a tradition like if they go over the ropes it's bad luck everyone will freak out they can't fight (coughs) it has to get blessed okay like in training at one of my gyms a girl came and she just jumped over the ropes there's some most um, gyms, the girls aren't even allowed in the ring to train, like it, in the ring. For, for there's a spiritual aspect to to to, 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 to I mean to Thai culture in general. I mean there's shrines all over the place, yeah. right? And so a woman coming into this, it's a sacred it's a sacred space that the ring for ties basically. Yeah, I don't I don't know the rules of why women aren't allowed in the ring, but they weren't. Yeah. Like in in this gym in um, Chiang Mai, they weren't allowed in. And this girl jumped in the ring. Oh, that was at that Tiger Muay Thai, actually. And she jumped in the ring. They all freaked out all over the ropes or something. And then a week later, two guys, like, clashed heads and someone headbutted and they were bleeding. They are like, oh, it's because the girl jumped in the ring and they had to get the monks in and bless the ring and, like, clean, cleanse it all and shit. And I'm like, Jesus. There's a power to it, yeah. But it's like that, but just multiple, multiple things about females and fighting. So you you went around the block basically fighting within Thailand. Did you fight outside of uh, Thailand? Yeah, I fought. I fought in China, Russia. I fought in Myanmar, so um, America, Australia, Myanmar, Lethway. Yeah, headbutting. Headbutting. Holy shit! No gloves. Yeah. Is it, it basically it's a it's a bare knuckle. Fuck. Did you, you did you did uh, Lethway fights? Yeah, I love Lethway. I've done it twice, and I fought they're like the number one guys both. Uh, <coughs> uh, 
for people that have, I advise people to go online and kind of see some of those fights. Those are scary, scary, scary to witness. You know, the uh, adding a headbutt into the equation and also having basic, basically people, you know, bare fisted mm-hmm. is. We had a guy named uh, Nessio, um, a fighter out of LA. I think he knows you. I think he oh, can yeah? train with you yeah, somewhere. Boxer. Yeah, he's a bare knuckle boxer. Yeah. And he came uh, here after a bare knuckle fight, and I could see his face blown up. I could see him, you know. I could <laughs> see it in him, and it takes somebody. It takes a. It takes a different type of guy to go through some of that, you know. Different, is is especially like boxing. You think boxing and bare knuckle boxing, okay? It's the same art, two weapons. How can it be much different? But as soon as you the take cost. the gloves off, the cost, the cost of going through a fight like that is way the way cost, higher. the heart to keep going, the grit. Like and yeah, it's it's just changes so much. So, so what was it like, Myanmar going out there and doing Lethway, uh, having certain aspects of what you did now being you know like gloves off. Yeah. What other what other, what other difference are the, uh, differences are there with Lethway? Gloves off. Gloves off, headbutts, takedowns. So you can take down like. Not, but not, you can't you can't smash them on the ground. So you so, can pick them so up and dump them. On it's not head. like the Thai boxing where you can sweep. Like you can clinch and sweep. In, in clinching, you can knee, elbow, and you can get them off balance and sweep them on the floor. Yeah. But in Lethway, and there's fouls with clinching in Muay Thai. You can't hook your leg. You, you can't if it if it looks ugly and it looks like a a grappling, a grappling it's a foul. It has to be done with fluency. Okay. But Lethway can be done any way you want. Pick them up, take Just them down, dump them, hip toss them, suplex. So it's like less technique, but. Fucking well, what was the uh, what was the process like? You just go out there and figure out how to get into a uh, how to get into a fight, or somebody was like uh, managing you. So I got that fight. I got a message to like um, replace someone, and I said yes. I always wanted to do it. I always loved it. Like no gloves, and so I went over there, and it was a super show. It was like like a hundred thousand people, like oh, so many people. I was just blown away by the crowds in Myanmar. There's like. That's their national sport and they just flock. You see, type in Lethway and it's just like a ghetto ring and thousands of people. It's just huge. And um, yeah, I went over there with like top Muay Thai fighters, there were top tires, top foreigners. And I was semi-main event and every foreigner in the red corner, knockout, knockout. Just first round, they're all getting knocked out. And everyone's going, this isn't Muay Thai, man. Like this was their first time. Like this is different. And when you peek in your head, you're seeing like one, two, then jumping, flying headbutt. And like everyone was getting knocked out, and the guy before me, he was like really good, knocked out round one. And I went in there against their like called a guy called Tutu. He's like their champion, and I was like fucking hell, let's go. And I just like started swinging, and then I've never felt this before. And he hit me, and I was like fuck, you know. And I was like, well, just hit me again until I go down. But fuck it, and I just kept swinging, and I didn't go down, and I ended up um, going the full fight with him. And okay, got, got like fight of the night. The only person who didn't get knocked out. But in Lethway, you have to um. That rule set is you have to knock them out to win. Otherwise, it's classified as draw. Or if there's a champion, you have to knock them out or you don't win. So there's no points. Okay. It's it's no point. It's just a basically knockout or else you're you're just going to draw. Wow. Fuck. Uh, So you... Russia as well. You just went around, basically. That was actually Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same, same, same. Uh, China. What was it like fighting in China? China was awesome. Love China. I've been there like four times to fight. What, what are the fights like out there? Is it uh, 
like the rule sets it's, and stuff it's like um kickboxing no muay thai so you oh, can't there, there was i fought muay thai in hong kong but there's um so it's kickboxing and sander and sander is like again that hip throws and stuff so it's kickboxing with throws so and it's good money they look after you look after you well like you're a superstar there and it's, it's awesome going to china but my friend pascal he went to he was a top kickboxer he went to fight um in china but it was sander not kickboxing and he was told it was kickboxing and then he was fighting and then they picked him up and they dumped him on his neck broke his neck Shit. yeah like fully broken neck like paralyzed and like it was all over the news and stuff and he's like motherfuckers there was a foul like it was actually sander and it was a big uproar oh fuck but, yeah that's yeah. like and uh you know, you all of all fighting internationally probably has its own. You know, it's trying to figure out rule sets and what is allowed and what isn't allowed, and kind of programming yourself before you're in a fight. Yeah. That takes a lot of fucking mental discipline. Yeah. So, like, every country has their own style, their own like martial arts system, and um, how they train and the fight. So it's all different whether they know it or not. China's got Sanda, Myanmar's like Lethway, Muay Thai, and Thailand different even mexico they have their own style here. yeah like punch more the boxes they create yeah. huge hearts and they aggressive and they punch more, more pugilistic here yeah um so you uh you go through this process of fighting out of thailand your dog is your anchor <laughs> which is a beautiful thing um i wouldn't i wouldn't have leave, I left my dog too so i get it uh what uh what what draws down that time there like what 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 starts to make you, you know, thinking it's kind of time to... Time to leave. Time to leave. Um, it was COVID, actually. COVID hit. Yeah. Everything stopped. The fi- I mean, I, I, again, I, I know somebody that went out there uh, and, and was fighting during, during uh, before that. Mm-hmm. And then that happened and everything kind of died. Gyms, people, foreigners didn't want to travel to train there anymore. Everything was closed down. It was super, super sad on to seeing... To seeing that happen to Thailand because it's a tourist country, like it, re- it thrives off tourism and stuff. And then they have these drastic, like it's Thailand, ca- like you were saying with the king and stuff. Like whatever is said is done. There's no like, ifs and but because if you if you like rebut against it, it's, you, can, you can go to jail talking. And, and, and the COVID, king orders. COVID killed a lot of gyms. All, all of them, man. Like it killed like all the top trainers, all the top fighters ended up going to like. They all went back out picking rice and changing professions like this never happened before. Yeah. And all the stadium promoters had started fighting with each other and it was just like flipped it on its head. Fuck. All the businesses like in Phuket at the time, we held on because we, we, I ended up owning a gym in Phuket at the time. So we were trying to, trying to hang on and like get over COVID. So we had like, we had maybe like five or six sponsored Thai boys and in that in our gym, so we like we were paying for their accommodation and like you were um, trying to trying to keep it so, going. yeah and we had like trainers too like six seven trainers so we were paying them and then like there were no people and then we're like listen guys if we can you can still live with us and we'll feed you and give half a wage and then a couple of months later no wage but we can still we'll feed you and then it was just hard and then there was like a whole lot of shit happened it like, just ended and then and then we said we can't and we were like fuck we can't do this anymore. What was the next move for you guys? Yeah, we wanted, we were really trying to like get my dog back to Australia again. So like we was going through like the vets and the immigration and like we were trying really hard. It's going to cost a shitload of money. What were they asking for these motherfuckers? Mate, my wife knows more about the details, but it's like Thailand's a level three country. 
he has to go to a level two country, which would have been Singapore. He had to stay in quarantine in a level two country, pass that, then go to Australia and then go to quarantine and pass that. But then in his blood tests, he had something called Ecanis, which is uh, just a brown tick. It's in Australia. Ecanis is in Australia and they wouldn't let him in because he had it. A disease that was already existing but anyway he was on like back-to-back antibiotics for like he was on that amoxicillin or the stronger yeah. one for like i think like four months straight you can't take that shit we take it for like five days he yeah, was on it and then he started like it wrecks your yeah. system so he's he's just getting like pussy eyes losing his hair he, and after and then after like the third course we got him another test to check the canis and it was still in the system and i'm like fuck this I'm like fuck this like sages and then um we decided we're not going to go back. And then we went to Bangkok. I was training with a couple of... It was still COVID lockdown. A couple of my friends were still training, the, these Iranian guys, training with them. And it was just depressing. The cops were just hounding people for, like, money and bribes. There were no foreigners left, no fights, lock, lockdowns, airport lockdowns. And then we were, I was just like, well, um, what are we going to do? And then I started looking at other countries, actually. And everywhere's closed, it's COVID. Yeah, and what, then, what, what are you looking for in a country? Like, what are you looking for in a country? I was, well, I was looking for, like, freedom without, like, all these COVID restrictions yeah. and somewhere affordable, you know, where we could, like, go. And then, like, Mexico kept popping up. It was, like, Mexico, like, videos of the country being open, people on the beaches. This is, like, no masks. This is a... Uh, what year is this? Like, around what year is this? This is, like, a year deep into the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, this... this so... Mexico closed down, but then it figured out that it couldn't afford to close down, so it started opening That's what up. Thailand should have done. Yeah. And that's what I said, like, it's a tourist country. They should have, like, gone, hey, this is fucking our people up. Like, they need to keep their shops open. We need to keep the people coming in. Like, and it was it was screwing every, all the locals up with their money. Yeah. And, but Mexico, like, like you said, they shut down for, yeah. what, three months at the start or yeah. something? I... I, uh, I I worked. Uh, I worked a few contracts in the U.S. I uh, I did some consulting stuff uh, for for certain federal organizations uh, during the COVID lockdown on this side of the border, um, and I, I got to fly in a few completely empty flights, you know, oh, around yeah. the, around the U.S. And uh, I took it pretty seriously, specifically in California and a few other parts that I traveled to. But you would come to Mexico and. Um, while they were still going through the lockdown protocols over there, people were having these parties over here. You know, a lot of people died uh, of it. You know, a lot of people got sick. Mm. But uh, in the end, people couldn't afford to just to close, right? remain locked down, yeah. right? So, it's, you know, under under the water, as we say here, by the Puerto Bajo del Agua, you know, people mm. started opening back up. It's like a catch twenty two, like like stay open or like lose lose business and like there were suicides were going through the roof and, yeah 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 so you looked uh you looked around the world as far as uh where do i where does my fighting pilgrimage continue on and you were looking for freedom you mm-hmm. were looking for places that were opening back up and that would accept my dog which and was very very, very 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 dog hard as which well. is very yeah and mexico mexico was just like health certificate that's it yep. and everywhere else had a list of like three pages and then they're like just a health certificate. Well, you know, uh, we uh, our our underworld is guarded by dogs in yeah. in, in pre-Hispanic culture, right? So if you're cruel, oh, really? if yeah. you're cruel to dogs, you don't you know they'll they'll come and you know, eat you a lot, eat, eat your ghost before it goes into Miklan. Right? Really, that's, that's the uh, belief. 
there's a weird relationship to dogs in Mexico. Do you know what's weird? Like me and my wife were talking about was running in Thailand. Like there's many street dogs as well, and they bark and might want to bite you, and people get bitten all the time. But like I've been running lately, and Brooke's like, oh, I want to run too, but what about the dogs will bite me? I'm like, man, the dogs here don't bark or bite you. That is a beautiful. It's weird observation. It's like how can just because you're in a different country, how can the dogs? Like, you know what I mean? How can yeah. the difference be, like, the between the aggression? Maybe I, I, it's, like, mistreatment the, and, like, I don't there's know. There's something different about dogs here. Like, uh, I post a video every now and then of me on the border uh, walking, and there's Ooh. a bunch of uh, street dogs there, yeah. you know? And uh, I have this quote about, you know, I have this quote about home. Home is where the, the, the stray dogs don't bark at you, you yeah. know? That was nice. You know? And I don't know. There's something about dogs here. They're They're different. Bunch of Americans always come to Baja and stuff like that, and they take dogs with them. Some of the street dogs here mm. are apparently some of the best uh, dogs to adopt, loyal to the death. Apparently, something about the water, mm -hmm. I guess. You know, it makes you sick, but they makes it makes the dogs very friendly. I guess. And you posted about like there's a place somewhere that paints stones of the of of dog like cemeteries or like. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's uh, pet cemeteries that uh, you know uh, the burying, burying, burying their pets, and they have these uh, painted portraits of the yeah, of, yeah, the, of the dogs. That was beautiful. Uh, it's you know it's a, Mexico has a weird relationship to dogs. I mean, most of the dogs that I got when I was a kid, it was you, know, you want a dog? Yeah, you just open the, the, yeah. the fence, and one of the street dogs comes in, and it stays inside. You know, um, so you picked Mexico. Uh, you picked Mexico as a place to come and live uh, with mm -hmm. your dog and, and your girl. Uh, was what was fighting in that as far as the, the continuing the fighting thing? Because COVID slowed down the fights, like fights stopped. Yeah, a lot of fighters took um, every fighter took uh, like a break because they couldn't fight anymore, and like other things got more important, of like the lockdowns and mental health and people not working and all this shit. So every fighter took a break. I took a break. And a lot of fighters retired too, but never came back, yeah. like the good ones. But um, so we, we were mainly concerned of like, we weren't thinking so much about fighting, but that's all we knew. Living. I was training people then a lot then, so I had in my gym and I was like... Did, I so did you have like a lot of people basically kind of waiting for you to like do something? Do you have a lot of people... Yeah, people like... That were in contact with you during this lockdown, like, where are you going? Like, what are you going yeah, to do? Yeah, I think I went a bit quiet then because things were hard. So, like, we didn't know what we were doing. So we were just looking at a lot of YouTube blogs on Mexico because it kept popping up. So, like, let's fucking... I was YouTube blogging and then Brooke I, was just like, come on, like, you just YouTube blog I, in different countries around the world. How do we know we're going? I, I think I first encountered you on Instagram during the lockdown. Okay. Like, during the process of you kind of, like, figuring stuff out out here. Mm -hmm. uh, you uh, chose what part of Mexico to come to? Um... It was Tulum. Tulum. Like, but, and then even I'm saying this now, I'm like, because it's got, Tulum's got the name now of being in Mexico of like, yeah, I wish I chose somewhere different like to see it first. But yeah. Tulum's great. Tulum is, Tulum is a beautiful it's place. Beautiful, you it's know, beautiful. But place. the beach has its like, what's it called? It's reputation about like all the high ends, like, like Tulum and Artie style. But in it's Tulum Centro, like it's six kilometers away from the beach. It's a beautiful style and it still has a lot of that old hippie, natural health and it's fucking cool i yeah. love that style but it's been a bit exploited and washed out by like these influx of people all of the uh, economic migrants that basically yeah, left the u.s yeah since know? it became popular over like covid it blew up and then these natural things like the ayahuasca things and and like all these people came and blew it up and tried to exploit and make money out of it and um 
then you have a lot of fraudsters and fake people and now it's given a bit of a bad name. But it still yeah. has that old, oh, the old school people that are there that has like the true things. Yeah. So that's like, what we were attracted to. Yeah. yeah. I would say that anybody who wants to do ayahuasca, not Duluth. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't go there. That's, a, that's not the place. There's other places. If you want, hit me up later. But um, so you, you chose Duluth. Uh, a lot of people showing up there trying to figure things out. Very affordable to live uh, Beautiful, um, has a history, cool place, chill. Where's this? Where does fighting start? Kind of originating again there because I, I uh, it's been interesting for me seeing all the connections. I, like I went on your Instagram and I saw a lot of familiar faces and fighters that have been g- gone down and trained with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does this? How does this uh, gym out there uh, originate? So we didn't want to set up a gym, so we'd over it. So we we come to Tulum. And then we, I was meant to work at a, another gym there that was already there. And he promised me work and accommodation. I got there and he totally just like barred me. And then that didn't happen. We, and then we stayed for two nights with a dog. It's like $100 a night if you don't know the place. And we were like, fuck too long. So as we were going to leave, there was a guy that was following us on Instagram called Alex. And, he's, and he made a little home boxing gym during COVID because he was bored and he loves Thai boxing. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, I know you guys are. And then he was really nice. And he's like, come back to my place. We had nowhere to go. We were going to go to Playa de Carmen and just fucking, we, had, we were pissed off. And then, and then we stayed at his house for free, started training him and a couple of people during his COVID lockdown. And they were really nice people. And we stayed there for like two months. And then we wanted to, um, we left and we wanted to see more of Mexico. And we were doing our, like our fighting ferals, me and my wife would, training camps in different locations along like the Pacific side and Mexico to make money. <coughs> so we did one in Tulum and then we left and we did one in another place, I won't say where. And it was COVID again there, very bad. And um, the guy who picked us up actually had COVID at the time and then he gave COVID to us but it didn't, it didn't kick in for a while. And then we were training people and then we tested positive and then I was saying, mate, I don't want to fucking go on your gym with... Um, with COVID, he's like, I have to, like, well, you're making money off it, I'm making money off it. I'm like, nah, man, like, people are fucking, like, yeah. afraid of it and getting sick and shit. And people who we were training their um, parents died of it and stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to train him, his mum just died. And we ended up having a big disagreement and I just took off. And then we went to Sayulita. And then Sayulita, um, we, we trained with people and stuff. But, oh, sorry, during that COVID time, Brooke tapped me on the shoulder in the middle of the night saying I'm pregnant. <laughs> What? So she had COVID. I had COVID. She woke me up saying I'm fucking pregnant. <laughs> and we were like, like in the middle of this like shit storm, like wanting to leave. And we're like, life, life, like, fuck, life, man. life comes out. Yeah. So, and then we. Was it, so just as, you know, you're, you're trying to figure things out for yourself, you know, <laughs> what, what is that, what is that feeling like? Is it. Uh, we were feeling a bit like it was getting a bit scary. <laughs> Like as soon like I'm all me and my wife we always just go anywhere we don't care but as soon as you know there's like a there's a baby life. coming we're like stability fuck and I've never felt like this <laughs> and then we ended up going to this girl's place that helped pay for our flights to get there that we found out we thought it was the gym but it was her so we felt obliged to stay with her for a week and train her anyway and she was very nice and this is how I discovered about you her husband did your course. Or like he's a huge fan on what you do, and he, he we talk about you a lot. And he gave me like Kevlar wire, Kevlar. <laughs> yeah, and Kevlar. Cord. I don't know much about it, but he was telling me all these uses and like the, the the tactics on like how to look at people that are like dodgy and like everything that you do. You know? Yeah. 
and it was really interesting. I'm like, mate, we'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll go do our course one day like that. Yeah. It was really cool. And that was opening my eyes up of Mexico now of like how it works and then different parts of it because we were pretty naive. Yeah. And we stayed with them for a week, really nice. And then we left to say leader. And then Brooke couldn't hold pads anymore because she was pregnant. She was still getting like punched in the stomach and shit. And we're like, listen, like, you <laughs> have to out, stop Chill now. out, chill out. So we're like, fuck, it's just me now. We couldn't do the camps. And then we flew back to Tulum and we're like, let's open a gym. So and that's how we started. So you're about to welcome a life uh, during a global pandemic. Your, uh, your girl turns to you and says, Banza, you know, I have a baby, a baby on board. Mm. Uh, you're you're trying to figure out not only your next move as a now a family, like a like a whole family, um, while trying to figure out where this uh, investment in fighting and also learning how to train other people to fight is going to take you in in Mexico, mm. out of all places. That that also like, she she did the pregnancy test, but it was actually my birthday. On, at, so she waited till 12 o'clock, like midnight, and woke me up. Yeah. And I'm so, like, I got your present. And she, like, had, like, a, a Walmart bag and I unwrapped it. And I was like, it's fucking midnight and was sick. And I opened it up and it was a fucking pregnancy test. She's like, happy birthday. <laughs> so my birthday, COVID. What, what's the, what was the – what does it feel like to be uh, – you know, what, what does that feel like for, for a man like you to now – you know, for me at least, I remember getting that news when I, my kid, my, my kid was gonna, you know, come into this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, going from being this invincible, fucking, almost suicidal, yeah, guy on a weird warrior pilgrimage of my own, trying to learn, gain experience, and just become something. And now vulnerability comes into my life. Like, what was that for you? I think it's like circumstance, like. The circumstances we were in, like being in Mexico, like with me and my wife have been together for 14 years, pretty long. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, just listening to some of the, the journeys you've been on together, yeah. she sounds like an amazing She's woman. She's always been, yeah, next to me, had my back. Yeah. But it was just circumstance at the time and I was just like freaking a bit. But I've always wanted a child, like with her. But we were like, fuck, look where we are right now. Like, like let's, let's have flame. That's what my son's name is. But we're like, fuck, like, what are we doing right now? But like you were saying with um, depends what quest you're on and then you find out that you're having a baby. Like you hear about like Formula One drivers. Yeah. Um, they, have, they find out they have a baby and then they lose like half a second of their time. Yeah. Of their, of their lap or something because yeah, of not- that, that seed's being planted. Same yeah. as what, what, yeah. what you do, you know yeah. what I mean? You're like you're doing all that stuff and then you're like, Fuck! I don't want to die anymore. But you yeah. never thought that before. And so you you have this moment of, I guess it's a, an anxiety, like in the world at that point was pure anxiety. You know, unknown like what's going to happen is is everybody going to turn to zombies? You know, <laughs> is this is this the start of the end? And you get this uh, news of life, and mm-hmm. and yeah, I'd say yes, it does it does slow you down a bit uh, while you get adjusted to it. Uh, but at least for me, it gave me this new weird motivation mm-hmm. and drive. Oh, that yeah. is, if uh, if I had to bet on Ed before a kid and Ed with a kid, the Ed with a kid has a more of a drive and motivation to fucking kill me. So I'd probably yeah. bet on the <laughs> I'd bet on the other one. Yeah. Um, 
this news comes at a point in your life when you're trying to figure out what the next step is for you? Like, what, what, is it, what does it do for you as far as motivation and push? I think as soon as you, you find out, suddenly, like in your head, just priorities restack. All your priorities change. And it's like, I have to do this with this, 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 this. And all your other goals and ambitions before are different. They might be there still, but they're a lot lower on the list or they, yeah. or they fade. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like income. Like before we were like, we were doing these camps and sometimes it was good and sometimes we'd like be break even or lose money. Uh, we'll be right. But now it's just like we have to be like fucking leveling up. This is, this is, this is, this is real now. You so know, like we what do we do? What do we know? And then I'm like fucking Muay Thai, owning a gym. Yeah. Making, let's try to make some money out of it. So you, yeah. you start, you start you, you, that's, that's when you decided to figure out a gym. Just a, like yeah, a we, we were like, we were doing these camps and we were making some money, but traveling in between them and stuff and was was like it. We went to Sailead and it was awesome, but the rent was higher and the food was more expensive and like it wasn't fucking beneficial. So we bought a car in Sailead. We used like the savings we had, um, some of the savings we had to buy a car because it can't fly was... I don't know. I couldn't fly with, say, my dog. I don't know why. Yeah, but anyway, oh, I think we had a whole lot of shit or something like traveling with us. So we bought a car and we drove from, say, Lita to Tulum. We were like, that's a fun idea. But then people <laughs> like, make sure you talk to people and check the roads and know where you're going. Yeah. So we, we wanted to go from, say, Lita down Puerto Vallada all the way down was my mates in Tronconis. You know Tronconis? Yeah, yeah. My mates there, I want to go see him. He's like... Um, He's an Australian guy and he owns like one of the biggest uh, marijuana farms in, yeah, in California. Yeah. And he has a place there and he's just like, come chill with me for a bit. And like, I went surfing with him and then, but people are like, you can't take that road unless you want to lose your car. Yeah, the, 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 there's roadblocks. From Colima Col- to that. Colima, yeah. Down yeah, to. That, that's, a, that's new generation cartel territory. Yeah. And there's roadblocks and there's fights and then you'll, you'll, you'll get fucking stripped of everything. And On that coastline? Or? Yeah, there's, there's, some, there's certain places that are kind of like sketchy. Yeah, and Michoacan isn't. Michoacan is a war zone. <laughs> There's trench warfare going on in some parts of Michoacan. Not all of it, but it's again, all of it is yeah sketchy. So you decided to. We didn't do that. <laughs> so we drove. We got told to stay on the toll roads mainly. Yeah, and good call. So we were driving, trying to do big days, and we end up getting a flat tire um, near Morelia. Morelia, yeah. So we got had a flat tire, changed the tire. The car was fucked. And had to go really slow for like 40 kilometers and we got to Morelia. And um, yeah, it was a, that was a bit of a story. <laughs> like we, I had changed the tire and my mate that had trained with, him, trained with me gave me like a big bag of like weed gummy bears. Oh and, yeah, And I didn't okay. really want them. Yeah. And so then the guy that um, changed my tire, I just gave the whole bag to him like, thank you. And I had, <laughs> I had half a gummy like before I gave the bag away. And then Brooks like, what are you fucking doing? Like you're a foreigner here, you've just given him a... Very big bag of gummy bears away. It looks like it might look like that you're a fucking white guy, like getting rid of fucking stuff. And I started like spinning out, and the edibles kicking in, and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> paranoid. And I was just trying to be nice and give a tip, you know. Yeah. But then I'm like thinking about this, and then we stayed in this place um, for the night, and then in the middle of the night, my car got smashed. I'm like, oh, it's fucking. They found me or whatever. They found me. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. Someone just smashed my car, and yeah. and like I like I don't know the, all the rules of in Australia. If you leave a bag in your car overnight, it should be sweet. Mexico, no. you leave something in the car. Hey. Your window's going to get smashed and they're yeah. going to take it. You know, so, you'll take this, the piping out of your house. Yeah. So careful. all the shit that we drove down, 
all got stolen. Like we were tired and brought on in one suitcase, which was my wife. And my suitcase got stolen, my pads got stolen, everything got stolen in the car that night. But yeah. stripped, stripped. Uh, and you're you're making your way towards you're, you're making your way back basically. It's a fucking setback. Uh, so we, how far is Morelia then to Tulum? <sighs> Pretty far. That's a day. That's almost a day and a half, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So we had like one more day to stay, and then we like st- stayed in the hotel, but we didn't have a window. So I tried to park the car really close to like the side of the wall, so no one would jump in. And yeah. I was just like, after that, it was hard to sleep and shit, but <laughs> <laughs> we made it. Yeah, you made it back. Uh, clear, p- clear plans, uh, direction. Uh, when you started, when you decided to start a gym, well, you, are you trying to replicate what you went through or what you had in, in Thailand when you went mm-hmm. out there? Is this is this kind of the intention behind it? That's what I wanted to do because when I'm like, let's start a gym. The way that they run gyms in Thailand is completely different. To outside of the world they have like if you walk into the gym and you have like six or seven Thai trainers you walk in and then you do your hands and you get like pad work one on one with all these trainers yeah like I, 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 I did Thai boxing here okay. uh, here in Tijuana at a, at a great gym like a, a Reyes gym oh, cool. uh, amazing uh, instructor but there was always one instructor yeah, yeah. at the head of the class mm-hmm. and we had to partner up and stuff because that's up. how gyms make money because they yeah. can't employ six people but all I know is the way that Thailand works, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to do that. I can make it work. The, so, the cost is way higher because you have to employ more trainers, but and then the membership cost is like a lot higher. Yeah. But say, so is Thailand. Like you go to Thailand, you think it's a cheap country. It's actually expensive to train, yeah. but it's worth it because you get one-on-one session twice a day with a trainer, and it's just like, yeah. The, the, the results are completely different. Yeah. So you're basically trying to replicate what made you out yeah. there. Yeah. In Mexico. Yeah, and, and people saying you can't do it and the cost, like I'm trying to weigh up the cost and the trainers and the wages and it is different, but I'm like, it's. I think I can do it. So, yeah. I've, I've, that's, that's, I've, a, so that's, a, that's a bet. That's a, a fucking, that's a fucking gambling, big, That's a gamble. So that's if a gamble. it's like you have a bad two months, you've got six staff to pay, like more, man. We have like a receptionist, uh, like a house cleaner, because we people stay in the camp and then we've got six trainers. So, then, so this, the, w- w- where is this gym specific? Like, uh, w- like, can you describe the gym itself? Uh, like, is it is it like some of the gyms in Thailand? Yeah. Is it open air? Because yeah, it's open air gym, like Thai style. Like, but I'm just doing what what like all I know. That's that's and what you know. That's, people that's, come that's, like, oh wow. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, <laughs> the way to make money is to have one trainer and many students, and then just have low cost. But we've done it this way. And in Thailand, we sponsored like the Thai boys to we give them a bed, food, they fight. But we sponsor them the right way. We don't just wash them with fights to make money out of them. We yeah. do it for more for their education. And like, anyway, I'm doing that the same with a few Mexican boys here. So like, you, because so they you, can't aff- it's expensive to train So, so you're uh, like some of the kids that are from their local communities are, will come by and yeah. look, peek in the window and like, yeah. Whoever's I want to si- do that. Yeah, but if they've they got to be serious, you know. So like. What's, it, what's, the, what's the talk you have with those kids when they come in? I can, you can usually just see like. Like I did a seminar in Playa del Carmen. This is when the gym was already established, doing okay. And this one kid who fought one of our guys already came from Cozumel. He, like, he caught a ferry and he rode his pushbike all the way to the seminar just to do it with me. And he didn't have much money and he paid for it. And then he, and I could see how much he wanted it. And I was like, listen, man, if you want to come, I'll give you a, like, a, a, free, a free bed, a free training. I'll help you out, stuff like that. So then, so and then he started crying. So you're, so you're basically yeah. doing like a... 
they're staying at the gym. They're staying at the gym. Got wow. to accommodate like yeah, a few people, a fair few people for free, just for like sponsorships and give them opportunity to to fight. That's. Like, that's, but it, and then this costs money too, you know. Yeah. But it's that is uh, that is not like that is not common here. That yeah. is not a that is not a common thing here. I've, I've actually never seen anybody kind of do it the Thai way here in yeah. Mexico. That's fucking amazing. So it's trying to do that way. But the Thais do it because then they have dreams of that boy. He's going to turn into like Canelo Alvarez, and yeah. then you'll get like thirty <laughs> percent of a million dollars for fight. But I, I know that's very unlikely. But but, uh, but you are doing. I mean that kid is that kid is that that's an investment in somebody that uh, that might that nobody oh, yeah. was ever going to invest in that kid probably oh, yeah. in that way that's fucking amazing and he's learning English and I want to try and push him to do like education also so he doesn't just have like Thai boxing so yeah so but he's fun, like he's a good kid I have a couple of Mexicans like that and foreigners too so and then so you, this you start this gym like most of your clientele that's showing up are some of the foreigners that are the following you from other they're, they've been following you for a while in different ways. You're, you're, you're known and they, you have a reputation. And all of a sudden they say, where this motherfucker's here? <laughs> yeah. This motherfucker's so, here? It, like the, yeah, all the clients and students that come, they're all international yeah. pretty much. Some Mexicans come. And, and, but and how, how do they find you? Is it, is it word of mouth? Is it uh, they've been following your career? Is it like people recommending you like this guy's here? A bit of everything, yeah. Like just word of mouth. Like people that had trained in my gym in Phuket. Um, Instagram a lot. Um, our page is doing well, like Tula Muay Thai, and people just want to come. And they know that it's like a Thai style camp. They know that, and that we're doing that in Mexico. And Thailand's very far for a lot of people. It's far from here. Yeah, I mean, America and Canada next door. But we get a lot of Europeans, like people the, everywhere, man. Yeah, the basically, I mean, the, the style is definitely unique in Mexico as far as doing it that way. And even in the United States, I haven't seen <laughs> I haven't seen a Thai, uh, thai style yeah. uh, set up like that. It, co it costs too much there, I reckon. Because like Mexico's on par with some things. Like you do that cost of living check, and like rent in Tulum's a bit higher. But then there's some food like groceries and beef. It's cheaper, so it's like yeah, some things are cheaper, some things dearer. So, but it levels out. Yeah. So, so you, it's possible. Here. So you you decide to replicate uh, what made you out there. You start getting people in. Uh, some locals, I imagine, as well. Kind of yeah, like we have a basics class also. Yeah. So then we have a basics class for like 1,200 pesos a month for like everyone. And then we have a basics class where all the locals can afford it and come. And then we have the Thai camp, which is more expensive than internationals and some Mexicans come. What, what does the Thai camp uh, entail for, for people that might not know what that entails? Um, it was the same training you get in Thailand. So there's like six or seven trainers, sometimes more. So you, all you have to do is you rock up and then you get assisted, everything's assisted shadow box. You get pad work one one with a professional fighter um, for four, four rounds twice a day. And then you do like sparring and clinching and drills, but it's all learning. And since there's so many trainers, you're not going to get your head punched off by just some other customer. So yeah. it's all like guided training. But yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a guided one-on-one -on -one almost personal type trainer. The guy that's holding the pads for you yeah. is somebody that knows what he's yeah. doing basically. Yeah. Uh, it is a live-in type situation, just like you would have in Thailand. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people come, they they stay at the gym. Like it's like they get woken up to the sound of skipping and pads. They go back to sleep and they train again. So it's like how long is this? It's very full on. Like how long? Like how, like a, like how long of a period is this? Oh, so seven thirty in the morning to like nine nine thirty. So it's two hours twice a day. <laughs> and all you do have time to do is like sleep in between. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Unheard of. And run. And unheard of here. Yeah. Um, and uh, the 
Well, I imagine the food is kind of different. The food, like, <laughs> I, I, mate, like I walk around here at a lighter weight than in Thailand. Signs of carb-based rice diet, rice, rice, rice. But yeah. here, like, I was training less at the start because I was just holding pads and just trying to like look after everyone else before my fighting career came back. Yeah, and I'm like dropping weight, like walking around lighter, doing less. But I think it's because of like the tacos. I yeah. like like healthier tacos, and it's like low carb, like more high protein. And I'm like dropping <laughs> everyone here that. It's just dropping. It's not hard to like yeah. lose weight. You I mean, caldered it, pollo, chicken fajitas. I have this experience of going to the U.S. and living in the U.S. Okay. and then coming back for a few. Like sometimes I come back for a few weeks, depending on the on the, on, on the time and day that I'm doing out there. Um, and I'll drop weight just by just by yeah. switching the diet here and yeah, here. Yeah. I'll drop weight here. Yeah. And you would think like eating all those tacos. Mm-hmm. No, it's not the case. The bread. The the carbs are completely different than the U.S. Yeah, just a more, you know, fattening diet, I guess. What are your favorite tacos? Like, what do you go for when you go to the? What's what's liver called again? I need to learn more. Igado, huh? Igado. Yeah. You like tacos? Igado. Smash it. Uh, and cebollado. Igado and cebollado, basically uh, liver and onions. That's the, it. The, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I get I get three for myself and three for my dog every morning. Organ <laughs> organ meat. Organ meat is where it's at. Yeah. We eat more parts of the animal here in Mexico than other, you know, in most in the, other in parts. The world, of, yeah, like uh, tripe, uh, tripa, yeah. cabeza. Like we'll take the whole cow head and just pick and choose as far as the parts of the head that we want to eat. You know, like, oh, so like, like the cheeks is its own. What's that called? Uh, cachete. And then you, like the tongue. Uh, my dad used to be into the eyes. You know, he would say oh. it's like the cow caviar. You know, the very rare eyes. Like, is it good? Oh uh, yeah. It's yeah. great. For Until me, you know what it is, you should just try it and then get uh, told. They, they, they'll, they'll open up the uh, they'll open up the cow head, uh, <laughs> and everybody at the taco you, stand. Yeah, and if you've never been, if you've never seen one, you're I haven't. Like, <gasps> they're like, is it what cooked? Is yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's fucking steamed. Usually is how they make it. Um, but the first thing that goes out, the first thing that runs out is the cheek. That's the part mm. where you want to get. Uh, yeah, organ meat, yeah. you know, and like My mom used to make that for dinner, just a fucking liver with onions, you know. I like the chicken one. gizzard too. Oh, yeah, that's chicken, good. Uh, buche. Yeah. Buche is what, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. So you're you're out here, <laughs> vast change of diet, tacos, different, it's a different, it's a different world. You know, if people want to experience Mexico, I mean, the food is just, it's a different thing. Uh so, so you you start making these this basically Thai camp here in the here in Mexico. It's fucking fascinating, amazing for people that can't travel all the way to Thailand, you know, and then want to have that experience. And also, you are not only bringing your experiencing experience into your camp, uh, your career fighting, um, but you're also forming other instructors as you're mm-hmm. as you're going on. Uh, as you're going, like. What what are you what what are you looking for in your like instructors and the people that you're using there for your camp? We have to keep like a, a high level because I want to compete with like being quality with Thailand even better like more care. Thailand's great, but you don't get like the care and coaching and stuff like that. I used to have yeah. like big fights and but hey, I'm fighting Toby Smith. They're like ah, not care, like because there's there's um they're used to it the way they grew up and like just just fight you know but here we're trying to put a bit more care in but the level we want to keep the level of instructors as like a professional level they have to have a good name teach good muay thai and all have the same style we yeah. have already had like some of the best um trainers from mexico like richard cruz come over um some some yeah so we're trying to get involved with everyone yeah and um fight who's showing up like fighters like i've seen like uh we have we're gonna have uh a pitbull 
Pitbull yeah. Rojo Pitbull uh, on probably probably in a few in a few weeks. Uh, uh, we've had him on. We're gonna have him on. He's a we've we've kind of like uh, helped helped him out on his career. He's a Argentinian fighter. Yeah. And he's uh, based out of the basing himself out of Tijuana. He's, he's uh, mm-hmm. doing pretty well. Uh, he has a lot of potential, and that motherfucker has uh, uh, fucking fighting energy. Yeah. He's like he's like I was watching him on Instagram, and I saw his face, and I'm like, oh, this fucker's yeah. out there. Um, no, he's 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 a good dude, and he's got a good future. Yeah, I remember his dinosaur. That's where I first saw him. His dinosaur celebration. Yo, that's that is the best fucking in the world, in the brilliant. World. He turns into a fucking T Rex. How much he meant it though. Yeah, he did it like no one was watching. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Um, so, like, uh, is it be- is it becoming like a like a place where people fighters here in Mexico? Like, Mexico is producing fighters. Like, uh, we just uh, Tijuana just produced uh, a UFC champion. You mm-hmm. know? Like, um, it's growing. Mexico is growing. Like in the last three years, in the last year I've been here, it's like dramatically um, growing because of the. The legislation to to put fights here, it's very easy. And like like Thailand, it's like the legalities and stuff. You can just do a show, bang, bang, bang. But in America, there's such a dense population of people and like enthusiasts and Muay Thai enthusiasts, but there's no fights because of like insurance. There's all these checks and tests and you have to pay to be professional. But here, you just fight, rock up, get paid, boom. You should get a blood test, but you don't even need to on some shows, but you should get a blood test to make sure that's fine. But... Like there's so many fights, like there's professional shows every month now. Yeah, which people it's, it's a, there's a renaissance of it basically yeah. kind of happening here. It's uh, Mexico's always been a fighting culture. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up with boxing. I was I grew up with boxing and judo back then. We had we used to have uh, Cuban uh, Olympic instructors here that would would show judo and boxing and like in, in at school and shit like that. And we used to go to some of the, you know, the major gyms here in, in Tijuana, just boxing. I remember seeing for the first bootleg copies of the U, like UFC, you know, and how and seeing the guys uh, show up in different uniforms and just seeing how that changed mm, everything. It's evolved. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember starting uh, when I did my first uh, Thai boxing classes and just seeing how different that was. Uh, kicking. Kicking. And getting kicked. Just yeah, yeah. I remember getting my first leg kick and how oh. humbling that was. No, no. You know, just hearing that stop. I'm like, oh, that leg isn't. That's what be it feels f- like. My legs fucked. I'm yeah. like, this is different. This is a different thing. And also seeing how easily elbows cut. Oh yeah. And how you can control somebody's whole body by clinching mm-hmm. and holding on to that spine and. Uh, Different Thai fighters have different styles and different different ways. Uh, uh, the, this uh, this whole concept of it being um, like an like a, a fighting art that encompasses most of your body, if not all of your body, um, and how it's been integrated here in Mexico. Like we we are we're very much a fighting culture, mm-hmm. and seeing seeing guys like you gravitate towards coming here and finding roots here is pretty fascinating uh, as far as the influence that you're now going to have uh, in this culture as far as fighters and people now making yeah. the pilgrimage out to you, you know? i think yeah like a lot of international people have eyes on mexico again with like the covid and shutting down and mexico keep rolling but now the fights and like the wbc here is just like the wbc and muay thai is just like is growing and like and they're making huge fights we've had like WBC champion, world champions, international champions come to the gym and train. And the the 
Now, what do you, what do you, what do you see this? Uh, you know, you, you're getting a reputation. This gym's getting a reputation. I keep your name and your gym keeps coming up in conversations with fighters. Like we've had a few professional fighters on here. Uh, and Lesio was on here as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, bare knuckle, bo- uh, bare knuckle boxer says he trained with you somewhere out here in Mexico too. Like, uh, like, do you be with this with this gym and with this project you're doing? Where, where are you going with it? Is it just pr- producing fighters? Is that is that where you're going with it? Like, when we do things, it's there's never been like, okay, we're going to do this and this is where we want to end up. It's, it's just, buddy, just keeps like. Things just happen, like Brooklyn pregnant. Okay, we have to do a gym and it just rolls. But now with my vision is to like have the gym to do well and then employ my trainers so they all have a good life and the sponsored fighters have like a pathway to to fight and to do as best as they can as possible and to like um, be looked up after like when if they get educated or like if they want to stop or they want to be a trainer just try to like have a community a big community that's all like doing well and bouncing off each other that's my goal yeah. and to have this year coming i want to have like a big sponsored grow my sponsored fight team and um my promotion like we have that that's we're doing a show every three months now called rumble in the jungle so that's making me even more busier and pull my hair out <laughs> and then i fought on my own last show just i fought for free just to just to um to grow it and because yeah. we started that promotion because People were coming to train with us. We'd go fight locally in the area and then people were saying, hey, like Eddie's lying about his students' fights. And I'm like, I'm not lying about their fights. They're training twice a day. I'm teaching them good. They're coming here, training, sleeping, training, sleeping, training, sleeping. They're getting really good in a short amount of time and they're displaying really good technique. And people think that I'm lying about the number of fights they've had. Yeah. I've only had that a little bit, but yeah. but I'm like, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. This, but they're uh, just the amateurs like that. But now, so I've started this show and um, I'm... What's, I, what's the name of the show? Rumble in the Jungle. Rumble in the Jungle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, basically for, for people wanting to come down and train in, in your camp and going into some of these events, like um, what would you tell me if I wanted to go down there and, and join one of your camps? Like how do I get ready? What do I do? Is it is it for me? Is yeah. it, do I have to be at a level? That's what people. Like, all these questions come, and I'm like, I get a bit sad that people think they get intimidated that they. I mean, I'm I'm 40. Yeah, I'm I've I have a few injuries. I this this year this coming year for me is about rebuilding myself yeah. up physically. Yeah, so, so I, I might go down there and fucking just surprise drop on you. But you always just talk to someone, just just be cool with them. Say, hey, like, what do you want to do? Like. They want to obviously learn and get better. It's like, well, like how hard do you want to push? Like you push people until you see, like, you know, yeah. if they're staying. Like everyone can do it. Like yeah. you can have like better veteran fights. We like people every if people want to fight, they can have a fight and I'll match them with someone like like them. You know, yeah. you can have a veteran fight or like or you don't have to fight. You can just train and get better and, and like transform yourselves. That's the biggest things as well. Like I've had a lot of guys local guys that have trained with us and the transformations has made me so happy eh? yeah like the because them showing up uh them showing up the first day versus them leaving yeah and they're they're so like focused on like getting better and and training and like so if for somebody that has you know and then their body changes when their focus was just getting better and they're thinking so much about it and then next minute they're like holy shit i've lost like 15 kilos and i look great for somebody that has seen your journey has seen journeys of other people going off all the way to Thailand and it, for different reasons, economic, time, uh, has supports, whatever, you know, some, 
some 40-year-old somewhere in California right now listening to this, uh, who says, well, I couldn't go to Thailand, but going down to Mexico is doable. Yeah. It's closer. It's closer. Yeah. Uh, uh, I want to I go into one of these camps. Um, I have no training. You know, I'm trying to figure shit out. I want to see if this is something that is going to kickstart something inside of me. Doable, doable, possible for of, me. Of course, everyone is, but it's we like gauge everyone when they come in as long as they have the right intention and, yeah, they, they want to do it. We like coach to make everyone feel welcome and not intimidated is the number one thing. And then it's up to them whether they want to continue. But with that, with us making them feel comfortable and like a community, people usually love it. But if they come with the wrong intention, like just like trying to be tough and like we get this, bro. We get yeah. we get people coming. So we've got like the collective energy already, which is great. But then you sometimes you get the wrong people bounce in and then fucking they bounce out. Yeah, the, the tough guys, <laughs> the uh, the individualist, the yeah. the look at me types. Mm. Is, you know, you usually. get it. Same with your your, your shit. You know. Yeah. And then, usually, usually you'll get you'll get uh, you'll get snapped back pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'm of uh, I'm of a culture of show me don't tell me. So mm-hmm. usually you'll get people like that. They'll talk a lot about stuff that they can't. You know, yeah. you. Uh, it's an interesting environment that you created <laughs> down there. Uh, specifically, the collective nature of it. Uh, how you say, which Mexico has some of it, but when it, when it comes to the fighting community, we've we've a lot of fighters get exploited. Mm-hmm. Um, there's. Uh, in boxing, it's pretty common. You know, some of the MMA community here in the uh, here in Mexico is very much a repli- it's replicating a lot of what has happened in the boxing community and in, in in the MMA community in the U.S. Where they there's there's some shady shit happening. Like mismanagement or mismanagement, uh, exploitate exploiting fighters, not not looking out for their best mm-hmm. interest and yeah. not uh, not giving them an afterlife as far yeah. as their fighting career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty unique and interesting that you're kind of pr- bringing some of that uh, culture into 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 Mexico, uh, specifically in a in, in the format you're doing it, the Thai format. Yeah. Um, I just think it's crazy that like if you have someone with you for so long, like a young boy, and you grow him into a fighter and professional, and then if he stops, like as if you don't want that kid that you've spent time with to do well, but but, but with like um, management and stuff, that you're you're only useful for how long you can fight for, and it's like see you later. Yeah, but. I don't know. I think Muay Thai is just, it's different as a sport compared to boxing and MMA. Like it's more more family and less intimidating. It's, like, spe- it's specifically the way you learn it out there. Yeah. I think it, it does root from Thailand and the respect and stuff and it does not mean matter how you look or how tough you are, how you act, how you talk on social media because I've had that the hardest fights with the nicest people. Oh, very nice and humble, and then they fucking wreck you. Wreck you. Where's, that spir- uh, where's the spirituality come into play there? What do you mean? I mean, you, 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 you learn this in a place that, I don't know, I've never been to Thailand, but I've talked to people that have, and they all describe this, um, this as you say, places where it's very traditional, women can't cross the ropes, uh, there's shrines all over the place. Uh, they describe the smell of, the smell changing when you go into Thailand mm-hmm. versus when you leave it. Uh, it's a true kingdom, it's not like the UK, like it's, there's, a, there's a reverence there. Um, there is a ceremony. There's music mm-hmm. involved in in the presentation of the art. Like, where does that fall in line with how you are now kind of exporting it outside of? Like I've I was there for like a long time, so you saw like the great things and the not so great things. So obviously, when I'm I want to take out all the best 
features and leave the ones that weren't great behind. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I, that, how I feel with like, the spiritual side. Like, I was very, um, what's it called, when you have to, like, wear, wear, the, wear like, your favourite pants to go fight or something. Like, you, you manifest your your fear into like, oh, I need my like special song, my walkout Lucky. song and stuff. Yeah. But you realise after, after a lot of fights, it doesn't matter if you have your blue shorts on or your red shorts on. Fights is good. Like yeah. if you have your lucky shorts on, you can still get flogged. You can yeah. still lose a fight. So, yeah. Yeah. Mexico has, it's very Catholic. It's also very superstitious. Yeah. We don't have an empire here, uh, but we do have a, you know, a queen in a, in a way with the Virgen de Guadalupe, you know, who's at the center of a lot of religious practices here in Mexico. Um, I'm just wondering if that it, it shows in the, in, the, in the type of people that show up with humble mm. origins at your gym, specifically some of the young people showing up there. Uh, yeah, we just try to teach humbleness and yeah. keep some of like the Thai traditions, which is beautiful, like the way crew, it's like a dance before the fight. And... Um, yeah, the, like the Mong Kong and some of the respectful things and stuff like that. It's a, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, reverence for where things come from. Is yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, keep its, yeah. keep its roots and keep the music. Like people lose it and some people get too carried away on it, which makes me angry too. Yeah. Like you have a Mong Kong on and you put that on before you fight. Yeah. But sometimes people like, I've seen it, they... They, the, the trainer and the instructor's wearing the Mong Kong in the class. Yeah. Shit, I'm like, fuck, what are you doing? Well, they, you know, look like, at me. Stuff, stuff like that, they, they push it to be too, like, authentic, which is, yeah, I just try to keep it real. But cool. with, um, like, traditions and, like, religions and stuff, I'm open to them all. Like, there's power everywhere. Like, yeah. before my last fight, I actually went in with my friend and got a main blessing and went into, like, the main church and stuff. It's not okay. even called a church, is it? Like, no, it's... No. It's called like Nam, 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 Nam or something. Uh, I, I, I don't know what the word is, but the sacred space in Mexico means different things depending yeah. on how old your religion is. Yeah. You know? Because uh, and when the Spanish came, there was there was already shit going on yeah. here, you know, spiritually. Um, hallucinogenics and the use of mm. psychotropics in Mexico is a big thing, you know. It's only a religion in itself. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, this uh, This whole aspect of... Uh, tourism to places like uh, like Tulum and and, and people people going down there and doing ayahuasca trips yeah. has produced a market for that type of stuff, but it's also watered down some of those traditions in certain what, places yeah. down there. And also, people are taking advantage of it. You know, people sure. wear a funny headdress and now yeah. I'm a witch or yeah, now I'm a brujo or stuff like that. You know, um, so ayahuasca is uh, is actually a protected medicine. It's not illegal here. It it is uh, the components that make it are okay. there's they can't make them illegal because they grow in the wild you know it's it's uh, it's hard to regulate uh, I think there's some uh, legislation as far as you know who uses it and how oh, okay. it's being used stuff like that but uh, most of the stuff you know I, I mean I grew up in the in the desert <laughs> so uh, most of the stuff that you can get high with would just grow after a, a good rain shower in a cow field. Really? Yeah. Like pi piety and stuff? Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, golden teachers, mushrooms. You know, the, 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 the kumya Indians would, uh, you know, bring a, a, br a brown cookie box with all of them in there, already dried. Say. But the hallucinogenics. Oh, yeah. You know, you'll, you'll, uh, they would, they would, uh, I would ask them, Link, uh, what do these do? And they would say... <laughs> <laughs> just point to the sky and yeah you know that, that that's um, definitely a place you go um the uh 
Mexico, Mexico is just a weird, it's a weird place. I mean, you don't even need hallucinogenics in some parts, you know. Uh, if you if you travel around sufficiently, there's, it's very diverse and very different. Uh, you just went from uh, a very tropical, southern, very traditional part of Mexico to Tijuana right now. You were yeah, walking around. You were walking so around, right? The, the difference is just, in, it's, it's pretty impactful. There's mm. Specifically here in Tijuana, which is basically a hodgepodge of, um, migrants from all over, yeah. all, all over. Like we have, uh, there's a cemetery nearby that has Japanese, Chinese, Russian, like you name it, nationality you want, it's there. And but generations them. here of them all. Not yeah. The, yeah, not just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, your, son, your son's Mexican. Yeah, he's Mexicano. <laughs> Mexicano. Now I know how it feels like. <laughs> it, was, it was me and my wife, we couldn't get into America for a while so we applied for a visa and got denied in Thailand. But you have to be in your home country. Anyway, so we couldn't go to America for a while. We just got it back. But now we're like, we can go to America again. But our son's Mexican. And then the process of a Mexican to, get, to go to America, and now I feel how hard it is for people. <laughs> it's As unfair, a, right? It is insanely unfair. Yeah. Um, your kid is he's Mexican. He's a Mexican national, so he's going to be able to vote in Mexico. He's going to be able to join the army if he wants. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Probably don't do that. But uh, that's an interesting thing that your kid, uh, your whole travels, and then you ended up in Mexico, and now your son's Mexican. Mm-hmm. That's that's a beautiful thing. What's his name? Flame. Wow. Flamito. Is it Flamita? Uh, uh, flame would be Yama. 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 Yama or Yamita. Okay. Oh, flama. Flama. Yeah, or oh, flamita. But O's, is O's fem- feminine? Or Jama Jama would be feminine. Uh, so doesn't matter, though. Doesn't does matter. Yeah. Uh, so flame. How old is he? Seven months. What, what, is, what is that like, having a seven-month-old? He's just in the gym during the, twice a day. Loves it. What's he doing? He's just running around? Uh, he's, throwing, he's crawling, he's standing up and stuff. Throwing pads around? Yeah, he's just in there like shadow boxing. He just soaked in the gym already. I wonder what his, uh, I wonder what his future is going to look like. Just imagine that, that young and just being like twice a day. Uh, I expect great things from, from him. Uh, <laughs> Mexicano, he needs a padrino. He's going to need a, a padrino. Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a very essential part of Mexican culture, a padrino. Does he have? Does the Godfather have to be around, or I can just name anyone? Oh no, that's the thing. So in Mexico, and I, I was a victim of this. You know, I, there's two types of padrinos: the ghost padrinos, los fantasmas, and the ones that are actually there. You know, every every Sunday they have to show up and give you like some cash for candy, really? and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you just and, <laughs> and if and if they don't, you know, then it turns into ghost padrinos. So the, the ghost padrino, the ghost, he, he, could, he could be an Australian. But yeah, he's a ghost one. yeah, but he's gonna have to PayPal you or something on Sundays, you know. This is this is this is the tradition here. My dad chose somebody pretty horrible for me, you know. It's a padrino. It's a Why? padrino. It's usually somebody that's, uh, you know, it's, he's a stand-in for your dad, basically. Was he good at the time though? When he, eh, I don't know. Mexicans are pretty stu- stupid sometimes, and my dad was uh, he had a business partner, and that's who, that was the padrino, and then he just disappeared, you know. <laughs> Has he so, lived up to it at all or not yeah, really? Eventually I'll find him, you know, like that guy from Taken. I'll find him yeah. and I'll just fucking... Multiply those weekends. Oh, dude, I'll just fucking, you know, all of the all of the Sundays that he can give me my domingo, you know, it's probably going to add up a million dollars or something like that, but, you know, whatever. Um, uh, this, uh, this, 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 uh, 
place that you've created, basically, uh, where people are now flocking to and like my, uh, going to as an option. Not, not. I don't. I wouldn't consider it even an option. It's like its own thing, you know. Mexico, Thai-based type training uh, with you and your experience there. Um, if people want to find their way to you, like, wh- where do they? Where do they start looking? Um, they talk to us on Instagram. So That's Instagram is your first one. What's the What's the Instagram account? Tulum Muay Thai. Tulum Muay Thai. Yeah. On Instagram, um, if uh, you know travel and lodging and all that uh what recommendations do you have for people they usually stay at the gym especially if they want to fight like they just yeah yeah knocked on the door usually hey get up or like you know you're fighting get up like i've I've thrown i've thrown water on people's faces trainers faces that haven't rocked up and they're fighting for work or if if some some of them they 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 were drunk the night before i'm pretty hard on them yeah throwing cold water on their face making get up dragging (laughs) in the gym yeah. Yeah, usually we have like a strike system too so it's like pretty like run pretty tight like so like the opportunity's there for people that want it but they have to like follow the rules yeah otherwise it, because we're just trying to tighten it all up otherwise it can be like people can just take opportunities for free and just try to you know like yeah you can that weeds out the people that are serious and not cool cool um it has been an amazing conversation man thank you so much for coming out i know this was a trip for you uh Please try the tacos. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a few recommendations uh, before we go. Uh, there's a there's a tendency in Mexico for people um, to view foreigners in a, in, in a way where like we're always suspicious. Um, Tijuana is growing exponentially right now. Ninety percent of all houses are being bought by Americans. You know, Tulum is kind of that same way right now. There's a lot of Americans kind of coming in and making things harder people for the locals. People get angry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe that any place where you go, if you don't invest in the people, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to run into some yeah. troubles. Yeah. And I've heard great things about your gym. I've heard great things about the stuff you're doing with the community that you're kind of like living in and around. Yeah. And then some of the stuff you're doing for some of these kids. Yeah. If people want to support those efforts, is the only way to support those efforts as far as your community service and work uh, through your through your gym uh, by going out there and training with you? Or do you have a way for people to kind of like help you out with that? Um. Yeah, people just come and train, but and if you want to make a donation for the kid himself, his own bank account, you can. But <laughs> I'd say I'd say developing a way for people to like not only see some of the kids yeah. you're sponsoring through your uh, yeah. Instagram account, but also finding a way to kind of support some yeah. of them because I'm sure as hell want to support one of them myself. Yeah. So uh, definitely, we always encourage people like if they have a gym or whatever, they all gloves or bags, like donate bags or pads. We go through like. Like, yeah, we equipment. go through pads and equipment like no tomorrow. Like, we're yeah. like right now, our belly pads are falling apart, but we run them right down. That's how I love them, though. Yeah. Like, you just like that. But we go through like, equipment like no tomorrow. Yeah, I definitely consider posting some of these kids out there so we can. I want to tell more. I'm trying to tell more stories about them all now, yeah. which just started like two weeks ago. But it's just telling stories about people coming here. And like, yeah, there's a story behind everyone, you know? I'm Especially like the, the Mexican kids' backgrounds and past and how. It, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to figure my way out there. Next year for me That'd is about, cool. next year for me is about uh, gaining back some of the stuff that I've lost mm-hmm. during this uh, three years of. Uh, it's been some, it's been a journey yeah, for yeah. me from uh, stopping my alcohol addiction mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh, surviving COVID. Yeah. 
to trying to figure out, you know, what comes next. So your Instagram page getting deleted? <laughs> My Instagram page getting deleted at 350,000, which is, you know, whatever. You get it back. You got good supporters. Uh, we're, we're, I'm figuring out. I think a uh, main part of my journey right now, just like you, I imagine, it's uh, stop being about me and it's now about supporting people like mm-hmm. you and bringing stories like yours out that yeah. I know you guys are doing some phenomenal work out there and and uh, pushing people forward. So it's time to give back. Cool. So that's what I'm going to fucking figure out for myself next you year. Yeah, this so. podcast, people, so Ed gets his um, Instagram back. Your page yeah. is gone, though, eh? Ah, it's, it'll, I'll figure it out, yeah. you know? Uh, they've tried to kill me a few times. It's, it's different because ways. of all the controversial stuff, eh? Uh, specifically, I posted two things about China. Was, oh, yeah, I shared that too, and I was like, yeah, I want to, so I, you get shadow banned just for sharing it. So there you go. That's so, crazy. I shared that one. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is what it is. Um, people don't like people telling the truth, mm-hmm. and people don't like the, uh, people keeping it real. So that's, yeah. so that's, that's what we have to foster. And with that, Thank you for coming out here. That's why we like you. <laughs> Thank you for keeping it real out there yeah. as well. Thank you for bringing, uh, not only doing some of these things for yourself and your training and what you did, but also now bringing it out here mm-hmm. and now having a having a place where people don't have to go all the way to, to, to Thailand if we, yeah. because a lot of people can't. So that's, again, that's fucking amazing work you're doing out there. Cool. Um, thank you. Thanks, man. Right. <laughs>